Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. For today's episode, we got another fantastic guest. Um, this gentleman and his friends started a podcast this past uh, September during the pandemic. Um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, hey, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm Jazz. I am I play a character named Fate, a uh, an elf wizard on the Gimme the Loot podcast. Heck yeah, man! It's been uh, a lot of fun. Just you know, once I learned about you guys, started listening to it. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of actual play podcasts that have uh, black folks in it. So it was cool to see when I saw that. So, um, but yeah, before we kind of talk about the podcast, you know, what was your, your background into all this stuff? Oh man, my background. So I'm like that, um, I'm like that weird jack of all trades nerds. Like I'm, I'm kind of everywhere in it. I'm, I'm real. Um, I like my anime. I like my fantasy RPGs. Um, I like my comic book stuff. I, I'm, greek mythology all all of that so nice um it was it's a trip because i've actually as i was listening to your show um it kind of made me question where really my roots were in that and so um and with that question um my parents i blame my parents Um, (laughs) i didn't realize until i grew up uh, quite a bit later that my parents were like secret nerds who um both kind of like sowed weird weird random seeds into me that made me the nerd i am today uh my dad's a huge sci-fi guy like he's he was uh star wars uh me and he used to stay up late all night watching star trek back in the day like next generation and whatnot and then like as I got older, I kind of started watching Voyager by myself, um, which I now realize is the worst of the Star Trek, <laughs> but whatever. Um, you know, at the time, it was my favorite, yeah. right? Seven of nine. Right. Yeah. Two yeah. o'clock. Let's go. Yeah. But, um, and so then my mom, my mom was all into like, she, my mom likes to read and she, my mom was the one who got me started with like Greek mythology. Um, she was all about the Greek pantheon. She used to love all that. Um, and then like, uh, she was very much into like Asian inspired, um, uh, fantasy literature also. Okay. There was this one story she used to read to us 
over and over again as a child, a ticky, ticky tempo or something like mm. that, I believe was the name of the story. But um, th- then going from there to video games, um, you know, stuff I encountered in school and then getting moved way out into the boondocks out in the country in like my middle teen years. Um, and then there kind of getting introduced a little bit to um to like things like magic the gathering D D stuff like that um and you know kind of hitting that same kind of stereotypical wall that we as you know black nerds run into yeah. where it's like you're not supposed to be into this yeah um you, you get it from both sides where it's like the black people you're around tell you that you're not supposed to be into it and then the white people that you are around who are into it don't really understand your place in it and so you kind of get this weird like you're on an island by yourself type situation yeah for it's, sure it's yeah. <laughs> absolutely so, yeah. so yeah then coming into my adulthood and just kind of realizing that i don't really have to give a damn what everybody else thinks about me liking this um i've just kind of like really full bore just jumped right back into all of it um and so now you know with the way society and the world has changed here in america you know everybody's into it and so like you know i'm introducing all this stuff to my wife and to my kids and so it's just this is just my life now yeah yeah absolutely that's cool man and and you grew up in texas is that correct yeah yeah uh originally out of dallas texas um and then uh, moved out to the uh to the wild east texas (laughs) uh, which is uh difference <laughs> yeah that's probably the best way to say it um if you've listened to our podcast our our dm uh turner is actually which was funny because we didn't know each other prior to the podcast okay. or well not much prior to the yeah. podcast but uh me and him were actually kind of grew up in the same type of area so when i started uh reminiscing on my misadventures out there he's like yeah that's that's pretty spot on <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i've only been out there one time I it was for my old job and uh, I went out to a little town called Ben Wheeler, Texas. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Um, it was either like just people, there were some for sure people being polite, but there was either like just veiled racism or just like people just look at you different. And yeah, it was uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of the, uh, you know, you've got like, there are genuinely sweet people who do for not sure. care about anything Absolutely. like that at yeah. all in these sexes, but the population of those people is much smaller to the people who do care. And then it's really a matter of, are you in one of those areas where it's like, it's veiled racism mm-hmm. or is it just like, Nope, we're right here in your face. And so some towns you're in, it's mostly veiled. And other towns, yeah. like there's an area, I'm not going to say the bigger city that's around, but there's a small community out there called Coon Creek. Oof. And it's all spelled with K's. Yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's a whole city. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah. they, um, but then they'll go and root for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, <laughs> with every their black Sunday quarterback. Man. And every Sunday, die hard. Yeah, I love them. So, um, that's just crazy. But yeah, so I imagine, you know, in that atmosphere, you kind of alluded to it too, of just kind of dealing with that, that balance, you know, um, was that yeah. difficult for you as a kid? Do you feel like it uh, kind of stuck so, with you or is this kind of, you know, I think it was uniquely not difficult for me mm-hmm. and it was because of my, like I said, my parents, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. like, that makes sense because my parents had introduced me to so much of that stuff 
as a kid, like even before I kind of started venturing into that stuff on my own, like it just felt normal. Like I had been playing video games since I was like six. My grand, my grandmother brought me an SNES. Didn't even know what the heck it was, but she was like, all the kids are getting it. So I'm getting it from my grandson. Yeah. And so like, I grew up playing video games with my dad all the time. Like we played Turtles, Ninjas in Time. Like we beat that game probably a couple hundred times <laughs> over and over again. Um, but yeah, no, like, so navigating stuff like that was weird in the sense of like, I would go to school and get weird pressure from it. But then like coming home, everything was like, oh, that's what you're doing. You're playing video games or, oh, okay. You're, you, you're collecting magic cards or Pokemon. Like my parents didn't like maybe understand or they weren't into it, but they were just like, okay. Yeah. And so it was just like, I understood for the most part that it was like, what I was seeing at school was like a weird aberration. The one thing that I say was really kind of difficult for me was like, there was no other black person around me of my, like of a peer right. to like really kind of connect on that with until I met my boy, um, Anthony who plays Baba on the podcast. Okay. And that's like my big brother. Yeah. Um, and so like, um, he moved out there being a little bit older than me. And then it, it was literally probably like a year, year and a half of knowing it before. Like we actually made that connection of, we were both kind of into this stuff. Yeah. And then when I was explaining to him kind of the same, you know, the same type of social, you know, situation i was seeing at school and like i had actually tried to get into a campaign with some white guys at school and that whole thing went sideways <laughs> um there's a there's a there's an episode of well a little side episode of our podcast where we do a dm explaining where we kind of touch on tough subjects here and mm -hmm. there um some of it's just you know about the gameplay we did a specifically a black history month episode kind of talking about some of that type of stuff and um i mentioned that I, I wanted to play an elf that was black because, you know, I wanted to play myself. Right. This is me. And I literally got told that I could not play an elf that was black because elves were not black in the game. Mm. You know, it's just like, okay, but we're all like imagining stuff, right? Like that shouldn't be, like, I, they've literally just told, no, it's not happening. So like, I didn't realize that that was something that kind of stuck in my head. Like yeah. I, when I joined the podcast, I literally like just not even really thinking about it. I asked the DM like, Hey, I'm going to play a black elf. Is that fine? And he was like, what the fuck? Like, why would you ask me? That? Like, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, was like, just making sure. I guess. All right. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I just, you know, so, yeah. So it's a, uh, yeah, no, like I, I agree. Um, it's tough. And I've talked about this before with, uh, some of the other guests too, but you know, same thing. Like I would look at, um, a dwarf or a halfling or anything and just be like, well, I've never seen a picture of a black door dwarf or a black halfling, right. you know, at the time. And so I was like, well, I guess that's not for me. And, and a lot of, I think black people default to that of just like, well, I guess I'll play an orc or I'll play a drow or something that's not a human because that there's no space for me there. Um, right. And I'm, I'm sure that there's some people out there that, you know, had, a safe group and the self-awareness to just go, well, fucking, I'm just going to make it what it is. But, um, but then there's a lot of people, like you said, where you, you get told like, no, you can't do that. And right. So, I mean, it's just kind of a crazy, crazy thing that, um, that we have to deal with in a game that, uh, everybody loves, you know? And, right. um, when did you start playing tabletop games? Did you, was it like in high school or was it not till you were So older? yeah, that was my, my first kind of voyage into that was in high school, probably 2002, 2003 or somewhere okay. around there. Um, and then really didn't touch it a whole lot. Like after that kind of like, you know, after that experience, I didn't really get back into it until college. And it was, it was kind of one of those weird nights where like we had all been sitting up playing Halo or whatever. And somebody was like, man, you know, there's this weird Dungeons and Dragons video game. So like we went and got that, and, like a bunch of us were playing that, running through the, you know, whatever, basically it's just a big dungeon crawl yeah. type thing. That was great. And then somebody's like, isn't there like an actual like Dungeons and Dragons game? I was like, yeah. And I was the only person there who had actually played. So then they're like, 
so could you show us how to play? And it was, so I DM for the first time on accident just because nobody else knew what the hell we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, um, and so I've been kind of in and out of it, third edition, a little bit of fourth and that wasn't, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, played a little bit of fifth edition over, I'd say, well, no, actually, I've played a lot of fifth edition. Now that I sit here and think about it, man, we played uh, a, a really good friend of mine uh, is a is a really great DM. He does like Adventures League stuff, and so he had a homebrew whole campaign that we played for probably two or three years. It was oh, a wow. great time, yeah. and yeah, that. Um, and then we finished that. Now we're running Tombs Annihilation, and then I have a side group of friends that I DM for, um, and now I've switched away from being the forever DM for that group, and one of the other guys is taking over. And then we're doing the podcast here. So I've got, I've like, I've got D and D all in my life right now. And it's kind of crazy that there's so much of it now when it like before it was like almost impossible to find. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think the availability of the game has come a long way. Um, yeah. You know, just being accessible makes a big improvement because um, then everybody has a shot to do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's when it was so hard to find or find people willing to talk about it, willing to play it. then it was like, well, shit and you're just kind of searching around or hoping i mean i went through a period of probably from when i the last time i played it over probably over 10 years of just like asking my friends like hey like come on it's just like the three of us i'll make it work or whatever and like nobody had time <laughs> um or right. you know like just no not knowing anybody or the people that i met it was like um we were just too different, you know, for me to feel comfortable playing with them. Um, and not that you can't play with different people, but it was just, let's just say, I feel like our personalities wouldn't have meshed. Um, and so it was just like, I can never really find that group, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of, the availability helps a lot. I'll just say that. Um, were you into like sports and stuff too in school or was it just kind of, uh, yeah. So like, I I didn't play, yeah, yeah. Down here in Texas, like everybody plays football. And actually, I, that's actually kind of where my sports career started. And, and <laughs> um, I played football up through middle school and then like through my freshman year in high school, had this weird, uh, it was like, actually it was like, you know, had an injury that happened at the last game of the season freshman year. Mm. And it was just the point of me realizing like, you know what? I love this game, but my body is not built like everybody else that's out here on this field. Yeah. Like I was like maybe five foot at the time and you know trying to tackle people who were like you know 80 90 pounds heavier than me playing safety it's not a good look yeah (laughs) so i was like you know what i'm gonna just stick with this music thing which worked out for me and you know keep that moving so um, i i gave up you know my 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 professional sports career for you know for other things yeah what kind of uh music do you play uh, so I was, I played saxophone in high school okay. and college. I, I, uh, got a full ride scholarship to, uh, to a college out in East Texas. Oh, wow. Um, for, yeah, yeah. For playing in the band there. That's awesome. I met my wife in the band and then found my way into computers. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You can't ask for a better, uh, conclusion than meeting your wife doing something. So yeah. that's awesome and cool. Yeah. And then now you're doing tech stuff like, um, programming yeah, or yeah. IT or. No, I'm IT. I'm a systems admin. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I think too, in that kind of, uh, environment, generally speaking, I think it's probably, I mean, you probably can talk about like D and D and stuff without any issue in terms of work or am I just Man, you stereotyping that, right now? <laughs> right. I mean that you would think that that's true. I have found like maybe five people in like my entire 
a 10, 11 year career of IT, like maybe five people total that are like, hey, you guys play D&D? And the rest of them are like, nah, man, that's just not something. That but when you find those five, like it's instantly like, okay, we're friends now. And like, yeah, that, that was the end of it. So like, yeah, I still like, even though I've moved jobs since then, I still stay in touch with a couple of those guys. Like, yeah. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, definitely makes a difference there. And so have you always played D&D or have you tried other systems out at all? I've mostly only played d and I'm trying to think. There was one other TTRPG that I tried out. I want to say um, somewhere along the line, somebody tried out like a, a tabletop a Star Wars RPG. Oh, okay. And I can't, I cannot for the life of me think of the name of it. But it was somewhere in college after I kind of showed a couple of guys D and D. Somebody came back with, you know, brought it to the apartment. Like, hey, I have found this one. We should check this one out. And so we tried that one, but I don't think it went real far with that. Is that that uh, Edge of the Empire or whatever? I think that was. It. Do you have to have like the oh, special okay. dice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird ass. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, I think we played maybe one or two sessions of it, and I was like, eh. And, and then I also had kids early, so like I was kind of the inconsistent player at that point. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It makes it yeah, so. uh, a little tough. Yeah, uh, I talked about it a lot, but I, I you know, my kids affect my schedule, so um, which is not bad. I mean, I you know I'm want to be there for them. I don't care, but it's just like, you know, you have to have the right kind of group around you to say like, cool. Yeah. We understand family first and right. You know, figure it out later. So how has that been now? At the time of being like, okay. Oh, now, well, at the time of being 18, 19, you know, having, you know, toddlers, nobody understood. So it was like, whatever, I'll excuse myself. You guys have at it. Now I'm older. My kids are older. They're self-sustaining. So now I've just got like all the free time in the world. So I could just get to go at it. Like, Hey, you guys good? Cool. All right. I'm going to be over here playing D and D. I actually, um, the, uh, the, the group that I was telling you about that I played that three year campaign that we're doing Tomb of Annihilation. Now mm-hmm. I'm actually take my oldest two sons play in that campaign with oh, that's and awesome. a few of my friends. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been a family event now. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I, that's going to be fun whenever my kids are able to do it. When did you introduce or did you try to, when did you try to introduce tabletop to them? So I really didn't try to introduce it to them. They just knew that I was doing it. And they're like, so like you're gone like once a month or so for like the entire day. Cause like my, the, I would drive out to Dallas from, I'm here in Austin. So I'll drive out to Dallas to go and play. And so I'd pretty much leave, you know, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. I get back eight, nine o'clock at night. And they're like, what are you out there doing? I tell them like, I'm out playing D and D, you know, just me, you know, you know, your uncle and a couple of friends. We're just, you know, we're chilling, having fun, playing a game, you know? And I, I'd come back and tell them the story of like, all right, so this time the group made it into this dungeon and we had to fight this many, uh, you know, we had to fight this many orcs. And then this person got dropped over here, but the healer came through with a clutch over here. So we <laughs> got him back up. And then when we got to the end, we had to fight the big dragon at the back of the dungeon. But then in the middle of the fight, the cave collapsed in us. So now we have to run back out and leave the dragon and get dropped all these rocks on top of him. It was crazy. And so like, after me telling them those stories, like six or seven times, they're like, all right. So like, can we come? <laughs> I was like, so I checked with the DM. He said, yeah, bring the boys. So, you know, that's, that's how they started getting into it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I think it's, uh, that's really cool to be able to share that with them and, you know, have a group that's willing to do it too. How old were your kids at the time yeah. when they, when that happened? Um, so I think at that point, my oldest was like 14, 15. Okay. And so like they're, they my oldest two are 17 and 15 now. So. Okay. Yeah. So they were old enough to kind of understand some of the rules and things like that. 
Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're. I think these are like their second characters that they're playing. I actually, as I was kind of before I actually brought them in, I ran like a little small session for for all three of my boys here at home and took them through that. They had fun with that, and up until uh, my oldest son got them all TPK. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Um, I've definitely had yeah. some some moments in in games where it's like, dang, I got. I uh, recently got a new uh, um, dice tray. And a tower, uh, yeah. my best friend had bought for me. And the first session we had after I got it, it was just rolling rocks. And I was like uh, creating with <laughs> with these velociraptors. And I was like, shit, I'm about to kill these guys. <laughs> it was looking pretty bad. And he was just quiet the whole time, just like taking crit after crit. And I was like, all right, <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> right. He's got like two hit points left. But no, yeah, that's awesome, man. So you you kind of had this journey of kind of finding people and, and getting into D and um, and then playing some games yourself. Like, did it take a long time? Do you feel like for you to develop your uh, DMing style or was it kind of just. So I would say, yeah, I'm like the most reluctant DM I know. <laughs> so according to everybody that I've ever DM for, they say I'm really good. Like even like my friends who have like, I haven't DM for them, but they've like sat in on sessions while I'm DM for other people. And they're like, no, man, like you're doing a good job. I, I don't, I just, I don't find it fun for my perspective because I always feel like I'm making it unfun for the players. But every time all the players are like, no, no, you're having a good time. But I'm a very much of a sadist. I'm a sadist DM. Yeah. <laughs> so like I lay out, I, I'm not real good with like the story and I'm not, well i'm not great with the story I, I do a decent job with story but i'm not great with like npcs i can't do voices and all that but what i'll do is i'll take the time to find you know find a common thread with all my characters backstories give them a purpose for being where they are yeah and then set them out into basically non-stop uh you know dungeon crawl after dungeon crawl right okay. and i do a really good job or at least i feel like i do a good job of making nice elaborate dungeons and puzzles and combat scenarios and so that's where I feel like, because that, that, that was the thing that drew me into D&D was the combat. Yeah. Like That was where I really felt like I was having the most fun was in the combat. So I tried my best in every session to get every player as close to death as possible without killing them. Yeah. And sometimes I do kill them because of it. <laughs> and so I always feel like I, I, and I try and warn everybody like, Hey, like I'm not trying to kill you. Yeah. I want everybody to like experience that thrill of like being on the edge of, Oh my God, if this combat goes one way or the other, like we're all doomed, but still you guys come out on top. And so keeping that balance is difficult. And sometimes I just feel like maybe I'm putting a little too much stress on my players. And so it, it's, it just, it's not something I to overly enjoy, but I'll do it if somebody like really needs somebody to you know, bring some D and D around. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it, it's definitely um, tough. Cause I know like for me personally playing, I, I would say by far my favorite part is the combat and using, you know, all those skills and, modifiers and all that shit you put into your character in that sense um right as i'm growing in this game i definitely learned to love the, the role-playing side of it a lot more um and especially as i've dm'd because it's so much of like um you know i could sit and have like just combats every session and i know i'm happy right. but i also want to like develop a story and, and things like that so same thing I, I do most of the time try to do voices sometimes it's the same voice for whatever group of people sometimes i try to vary it up but it just depends on how i'm feeling that day of like skill wise can i pull off different 
tonalities and everything else, but it's tough. I mean, you know, and if you got to have people that are, you know, going to make you feel all right about it and not just pick on you because you're making some weird sound or whatever. So, (laughs) but yeah. So do you, all that stuff you're doing is homebrew then Uh, all the dungeons and everything else you're making? Yeah, generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, I I try and reach out for like, you know, a few web resources that I can to kind of help me piece it all together. But most of, for the most part, I'll take like a, I'll take a, dungeon layout and then fill it up myself okay do you use like a virtual dungeon creator or something like that uh yeah am i, am I allowed to like shout out one of the yeah yeah, that's fine. yeah yeah uh the, there's a donjon okay yeah donjon, mm-hmm. uh rpg tools I, I use that for a lot of my dungeon templates and then um i'll populate them with whatever you know whatever monsters or npcs i need to have in there and then i'll either you know sometimes they'll come populated with traps or if not then i'll throw some in myself and go at it yeah no that's cool um i've never used donjon personally bernardo who was in my second episode he uh mm-hmm. dm'd us for a while and he used it uh during his his campaign and i mean it was cool the way it, it worked it out i've been using uh incarnate a lot okay and that one it's got the uh kind of like the painted style of of uh maps and stuff so uh i just try not to make them too crazy big and then i have to worry about trying to figure out all that stuff but but yeah no that's that's really cool man and so then you you kind of did that so how did you end up playing in this podcast and you know working with turner and all those guys so that uh came around through my friend uh anthony who i mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier so he has a group of friends that he was working with. They all were programmers. Um, and so they had a group that was playing destiny two together and they needed a six guy to fill in, to fill out their fire squad. So he calls me up. He's like, Hey, we need you to get in here and fill out this last spot on the fire squad. We're trying to get a, you know, destiny two raid clan together. All right. F it. You had me sold at destiny two raid clan. <laughs> so that was us. And we were, it was, it was such a weird social dynamic between the six of us. Like we're all cool with each other, but if you ever heard the lobby chats that we were having, like not even just like before we get into a raid, like during, like we can literally be in mid combat. We are giving each other all kinds of hell constantly, but it was like, it was always jokey, funny, haha, like, you know, moving on mm-hmm. type situation. And so for some reason, during a like a group text session of somebody was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to be able to uh, play destiny tonight. got to go to D and D. And all of a sudden it clicked that like, there were like four of us in the group that were like into D and D and none of us had ever discussed it before. Yeah. So all of a sudden that happened. And so like we started having those side kind of D and D conversations in the same group chat. And then Turner just popped up one day. I was like, Hey, like, I've been doing this D&D podcast on the side and it's kind of falling off, but I've got one, I've got an idea for a story I want to tell. Would it be cool if you guys came in and um, did another D&D podcast with me? And like we all said, yeah, just thinking like, you know, not much of it. Um, you know, we were just like, whatever, you know, want to play some D&D. Let's go. Yeah. Um, a couple of the guys who had literally never played um, just kind of like, you know, if, if we're all going to do it, then fine, we'll do it. You know, kind of, you know, get a, get my feet wet with it. And then that was, I think, August or August or September of 2020. And so I don't know, like if you listen to our first couple of episodes, everything's real rough. The audio's not great. Um, Turner was completely suited and booted, ready to go, like yeah. do a real professional yeah. podcast. And the rest of us were all just like dicking around, just <laughs> you know, trying to play some D and D. So, yeah. 
so that was how that whole thing got started man and it's it's been a trip like learning this new kind of i won't say new D, but learning a different style of D, playing it with more theater to mind less you know there's no miniatures there's no tabletop in front of me it's turner painting this picture in my mind and then me trying to respond appropriately to the situation at hand um has given a lot of freedom that I think has allowed me to get better at role playing. Yeah. Cause before my role playing was just more about trying to find my way into a fight. Right. And now it's like, <laughs> and now it's like, okay, this is a weird situation that I find myself in. How would this character respond in this situation? Like I've always, it's always been like, all right, what do I want to do? I want to start this fight so I can go beat up the next bad guy. But like in a, in this tr- real story that we're in, it's more so like, okay, how does fate feel about what's going on and what would he do? Hey everyone. So during the recording of this episode, uh, right around this time, I ran into a little bit of a thunderstorm and with the rain and thunder, I ended up having to move rooms, um, but I didn't catch it in time before I ended up having to cut out quite a bit of the conversation. Um, So what was kind of missed was just talking about their DM over at Give Me the Loot, um, Turner, and me just kind of saying he's got a different voice than what you typically would hear for podcasts. And then uh, we start talking about trying to find um, other black TTRPG players. And so that's kind of where we pick up. So I'm right there with you, man. Like it's, it was crazy. Like I literally didn't think that there was anybody out there doing it. And then like we got started and like, even then, like, I think, uh, I don't know if you know of the three black halflings podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So like I had heard of them, but I didn't know how big they were or at least how big they were getting at the time, but like following them and then seeing everybody kind of, you know, the, I think it was a easier way for like everybody to find each other as far as people of color that were also operating in the D&D uh, tabletop RPG community. Like everybody kind of found their way to each other through them. And it was a uh, it was kind of cool to like see everybody be able to like, OK, I have found my people. <laughs> Like, um, you know, so, and so I've been able to, like, that's how I, that's how I found you. Actually, I just, sometimes I'll go to, uh, three back half followers and just kind of scroll through and just be like, all right, here's some more. I found some, like, I was, I started reaching out to people. And so, um, I'm always just happy to kind of interact with more and more of us. It's, it's, it's cool to see that the community is thriving. I think that's true, man. I remember when I was initially coming up with this idea, one, I wanted to see who was out there and I've been off social media for so long like i looked on apple podcasts and i just kind of was like poc ttrpg black ttrpg and i just found a bunch of stuff that wasn't necessarily that um other than a couple yeah. other than three black halflings and makers and misfits and i was like okay well the other thing i wanted to see was who's out there doing this kind of podcast talking to people about their experiences and stuff like that and um and so three black halflings came up again so i started listening to it and i was like oh this is really cool and you know, there's this kind of more centrally focused, I think, in that sense. But I, um, there are definitely comparisons, and I think what they're doing is fantastic. And like you said, it really does help bring everybody together when there's already that name out there that we can all go, "Oh, hey, I do that thing too," or listen to that too. So, um, and yeah, I've done the same thing. Just go on, like, who's following them, and see. Surprising a lot of white people. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. For but sure, that's, uh, that was a, a funny. Uh, the funny thing that I found. So yeah, it was a funny thing to notice. Yeah. It's like, man, that's just not quite what I expected this list to look like, but you, I'm okay with it. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it, uh, 
I mean, same thing. It's just, you know, it's, it's very cool to see that happening in that space, especially a show like you guys. I was talking to um, the DM of the stream Blackness and Dragons and mm-hmm. telling her like just how hard it was, like we were talking about, of just finding black males at play. Because there's just, even though there's a decent amount of diversity out there, it just seems like that's one thing that's just not, in my experience, just it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of us out there. Yeah, no, that's... I would definitely say that as I've kind of seen in the community more, it's definitely something that you, of course, is more heavily dominated or populated by uh, by your whites. Mm-hmm. But then as far as you start moving into people of color, it's definitely people of color, female, and then people of color, male. And it's and it's not it's not like a 50-50 split. It's definitely more like a 70-30. Yeah. And it's not that it's disheartening or anything, but it's just you just kind of wonder like what it is that makes it so that we don't exist in that space. Cause I know that I know a lot of people that I feel like should enjoy these types of things, mm-hmm. but I guess either we're not, ex- we're not exposed to it or we're not, it, it's still a thing where it's, you know, it's mildly questionable for us to enjoy those types of things. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a lot of the, the case is just like, um, it's been so long where this has been such a, you know, white male dominated hobby, you know, to kind of, transition somebody who maybe once that has always wanted to play these games, which just is like, well, that's not, that's clearly not for me to be like, well, no, it is like we have the Pondsmiths who made cyberpunk and the Witcher RPG. We have, you know, um, Mugadu and we have all these amazing things out there. We got to introduce people into, um, right. Uh, we have the freaking Moenge expanse book from Paizo now. Like there's a lot of things that are, transitioning that but i think it's true like you know you get uh guys especially like us like in our 30s um or 40s or whatever um who just grew up without experiencing it to try to convince them to come back this direction yeah i mean i think it's just going to take work more than just like reaching out to the people that are already in the community and you know talking to ourselves i guess but (laughs) for sure for sure yeah no because i mean um one of the guys on our cast he uh is harlan Mm -hmm. he's another another the 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 third black guy on our cast who um plays todd is very much a nerd yeah was in chess club in high school um is also a programmer uh you know plays all kinds of you know video games mmos rpgs but never allowed himself just personally, just that was just his own personal, you know, balance. He was just like, I'm not playing D and D like that's just, he, he says this was the, it was the too far down the ladder of nerdism for him <laughs> yeah. to, to dive into. Yeah. And so it was just like, he, he, he thought himself above it. He was a highly respected nerd and D and D was beneath him for some mm. reason. But now that we've gotten him into it, he's like, Oh, I should have been doing this forever. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. There's, there's so many, I guess, different, different reasons that, a individual could find themselves not playing it that trying to figure out why a group is excluded from it is, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's too many, too many needles in that haystack to try and figure out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is quite a lot for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, but I think too, like, are you familiar with RDC world? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Amazing. So when I first found that, I was like, Whoa, holy shit. Like these freaking eight black kids that just, love anime and yeah. and literally go out and live action role play 
a bunch of stuff in the park uh, <laughs> right. from Texas. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. But to me, I look at those kids and I'm like, those guys, I should say they're grownups now, but like, and those men, and I guarantee you, they would have a blast playing tabletop RPGs. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? But um, right. even that, like they're so ingrained in that anime nerd culture now, like, and it's still something I've, I've personally never seen them talk about it. Um, and so, but yeah, I think that's just one of those things. Like you're already there. Like it's a hop, skip and a jump. Just, you know, right. <laughs> take, take that next. Leap. Yeah. No. Um, one of, one of the guys from the cast went to, uh, to their convention, the, uh, the oh, yeah. that was, was a couple of those last weekend. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Baba Anthony mm-hmm. went to DreamCon um, cause he's there in Dallas. So he went on out there and he was just surprised. Like, you know, the, the culture and everything was beautiful. He said he had a great time and he was surprised by the lack of representation for any type of D and D or tabletop RPG. Just like it was, it was very much anime and video game oriented. And it's like, for those to be kind of the three pillars right now of like mainstream nerddom, there's there's definitely the video game sect, there's the anime sect, but then like everybody who's in that knows that the other that the RPG, the tabletop RPG is like that next little section of that nerddom culture that's out there. Yeah. And for it to not be represented there, he was surprised by how how little representation there was for it. And so yeah, I, I think that's definitely a thing that uh, I guess within the black nerd community is something that can definitely be brought up more. Yeah. And I, and I think it's a thing that'll grow, uh, you know, as time goes on, but it, it is surprising that everything else has grown the way it has. And this hasn't, especially with the growth of D and D in general. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, you know, like most things, um, it's that, you know, how is it represented? And when, you know, I don't know if we just need to find a, a way to make it easier to find representation there or, or what the case is going to be, what, what ends up changing that, um, exactly. But I think, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, like yourselves, um, you know, like three black halflings that are doing, um, blackness and dragons that are doing those things that are kind of like, Hey, we're here, we're out here, we're doing it. We're having fun. Yeah. Like we're being ourselves. We're not changing for this game or anything else. So, you know, I think it makes it awesome that way for sure. So yeah, with uh, with the D and D, you said you play a wizard now. Um, yeah. How are you liking playing a wizard? I know that's a lot of a lot of work. It's actually my first time playing a wizard, okay. um, and I wasn't sure how I was gonna like it. I, I tend to play more of like the martial classes in D and D. Like my last character was a fighter. Uh, I've played fighters. I've played monks. I've, I think my closest like really like spell casting class was like a druid. Mm-hmm. Um, and um and that's and i've done a ranger um but this wizard has been interesting because i've I've always i play very much in the sense of i preserve my character's health as though it were my own health right like if my character dies i'm dying yeah. right so i'm and wizards are so so frail that it forces it, it almost instinctively causes me to play as a coward yeah um to the point of like i am just like anything gets near me it's getting fireballed. Like, it's just, it's gotta go. Like I'm out. Yeah. And so, right. Like, Oh no, I got hit. Like, I, Oh, something drew my blood <laughs> and everybody around me. I don't, there's, you know, sorry. Oh, did I, did I burn you teammate and you, over there? <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're still alive. All right. You good. All right. Well, the thing's dead though. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're all good. here. Let's keep moving. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's actually pretty fun. Um, 
the um the sudden because me being the only like real spellcaster and i won't say the real spellcaster we have a cleric in the party too but the i would say the more frail spellcaster the uh the the guys that play the martial classes tend to uh hurl disrespect fate's way but then they seem to underestimate the amount of power at his disposal whenever he feels like it so it's uh as far as like the combat versus the role playing it's uh it's actually been a pretty fun little uh juxtaposition there yeah like um the, our rogue who is like our biggest shit talker he loves to give me hell all at every chance he gets and so like there was one point in the story if you, if you get up to that episode it's probably like episode nine or so in the podcast like he pisses me off and i just like you know what fuck you and i just put his ass to sleep and walk <laughs> off. nice yeah so he got so, that power right. that magic you can't mess around with that man yeah, so no, it's it's been fun. It's been a, it's been a different, and so um, I'm, it's it's caused me to look at um, character builds differently because I'm I'm I won't say I'm a power gamer, but I definitely am like I like to min max some of my characters every once in a yeah. while. And so generally I always did it with all the martial classes, but now I'm like, how can I make some more magic into what I'm doing when I'm trying to chop shit? So yeah. like you know now I'm looking at like eldritch knights or whatever. Do you? Um... Do you intend to draw inspiration from anywhere in particular when you're building characters or just kind of whatever you're feeling? Um, I try to, whenever I'm building characters, I generally try to, I generally try to find something that's going to make me laugh. Right. So like, I'll come up with like a really dumb theme or like a dumb concept, like, Oh man. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, there's a, I think I made mention of getting ready to play in a new campaign that a friend of mine started DMing for. And I called him up and say, Hey, so I've got like this weird combo that I was wanting to run past you. And he was like, what? And I was like, so I think I'm playing a tabaxi fighter monk. And he's like, what? And I was like, long story short, I really just be able want to be able to pull off the character combination of taking the tabaxi's a, a racial ability that gives them like double their movement speed. Mm-hmm plus um the monk's extra movement speed plus the fighter's ability to action surge and just burn all of that in one turn so i can run like 380 feet at once just so i can get the because right because like think about like somebody's running 380 feet in six seconds that's insane that's like a right it's like a it's like a five and a half second hundred yard dash right like it's ridiculous i was like i was like i just want to do that so i can get off that one meme about fast as fuck boy (laughs) (laughs) and he like he he just like laughed and then hung up the phone on me like no (laughs) the like stuff like that is like how i like to like i I don't necessarily always play my characters like that but that's when i go to start building stuff i kind of have little dumb jokes in my head as far as that i put together a beastmaster ranger that um was the combination of um of Chris Pratt characters. So it was star Lord and the, uh, the, the guy from Jurassic park. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I named him beast Lord. And then he had a, he had a, uh, an ax beak. Uh, cause I, cause I couldn't get a Raptor. So I, I went with a, a, a blue feathered ax beak named Azula yeah. named after the blue Raptor from Jurassic park. <laughs> and so that was, that was that guy. And so it was, it, there was a bunch of like little side, like things, I think it's between his name, the name of the bird. And then like some of the stuff that I had him say during the campaign we were playing. And then somebody finally got it. It's like, okay, we're good. We're good. So like I, I do little silly sh- like that, that really probably only amuses me, but it gives me the opportunity to just enjoy what it is. Yeah. That's the best part is just going out there and having fun anyway. And, you know, right. messing around. And uh, what was the, uh, was there a, a, a joke concept behind fate? Ooh. So I want to say, but I also don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Um. 
So yeah, basically, um, I, I guess I can say this without ruining. And you know what? I hope I hope I'll I'll I'll, I'll put this out there. And hopefully, some of our listeners will come and try and come to you guys so they can hear this. Um, so Fate's a college student. Okay. And he's actually still in, like he he's graduated. He's got his, uh, you know, he's got his bachelor's or whatever, and his bachelor's, I guess. And so he's uh, having to go out to get his thesis together. He's he's looking for information. He's trying to learn more about the way the world works and about the way magic works throughout the world. And he's got to get enough information to come back and put together this huge thesis and deliver this information to get his doctorates. And so once he accomplishes that, he would then become Doctor Fate. Which, of course, the DC character, Dr. Fate, and then my character, Fate, also rocks the Ankh as his focus for Elna. He he rocks an Ankh on a necklace for his his spellcasting focus. Nice. So that was what I did with that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, man. um, I think that's, you know, and and that's what I mean, like, you know, as far as getting new players into it, too. I mean, there's so much fun stuff like that um, that people don't realize you know what i mean and that's what makes the character creation process so so much fun uh you know i'm i'm, I'm i know i'm guilty of doing it of just like constantly building characters and i've seen you know especially now on twitter like there's so many people that are just like oh i literally just get on this and build characters all day and i have hundreds <laughs> of them built up or whatever it's just like you're never gonna play all those <laughs> I'm I'm definitely that guy. Sometimes I'll just kind of catch like a random idea that I run through. It's like, oh, oh, I gotta put that. I've got the little app on my phone that I can just kind of knock them out real quick. Yeah, get a character built up in like ten minutes, and I'm like, all right, that's all right. I'll save that for later. Yeah, yeah. And now with my home game, because um, we play Pathfinder Two E, so I'll use you know they have different uh, apps and sites. Same thing, um, Path Builder or Wonders Guide for anybody who's trying to learn some Pathfinder stuff, but. And same thing. But so now as the GM, I'm like, all right, what villain can I create now? You know what I mean? And, um, or higher level NPC that, you know, maybe can help him with this situation or whatever it is. So, uh, but yeah, it kind of goes in that same, same vein. And then I get to learn, you know, about the classes and it helps to, to, I think to learn my players classes, because as I'm, you know, building it, then I'm like, oh, okay, now these things make sense, or um, I understand this feat tree, or whatever the case is. Of because um, in Pathfinder you right. have way more feats, like you get class feats, you get skill feats, and then you get general feats, and it kind of okay. changes every other level or whatever. So you can have a bunch of crazy different skills essentially um, that right. kind of play into what you're doing. So it's pretty cool that way. Uh, I'm a big, I mean, I love D and D too as well, I should say, but I, uh, Pathfinder has definitely been my new love because it's just all the variations of the classes for one, but Pathfinder, they have the, uh, just all these different crazy options and, uh, it makes, it makes creating characters a lot of fun for me. And once you learn the mechanics of it, it's pretty quick to, to put together same as, uh, uh, D is, it's just, you kind of learn, you know, different things of how your action economy works. And then there are a lot of conditions that affect you in different ways. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that's like, everybody has the system for them. I, I can be pretty system fluid now um, with the two of them, but um, yeah, Pathfinder is the one I'm playing now. So. 
I have not played any Pathfinder. This is actually like the first like any time I've had to like sit and talk to anybody about it. But it actually sounds kind of like right up my alley because I like to sit down and do like crazy character customization stuff like that. And especially the more options I get, the more I can kind of try and find my little niche within stuff, especially, you know, doing like, you know, weird power builds or just yeah. like weird, like tweaked mechanic builds. Like, Hey, if I do this, it'll trigger this. And then if I come over here and I've got that on me also, then it allow me to do this, 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 and that. And then, you know, yeah. it's like, like I said, with that 380 <laughs> sprint, like, you know, so I, I, I love, I love stuff that gives me the ability to kind of find weird things to do like that. So I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool. So like when we originally did it, I just, it was just going to be my best friend Miguel and I, and then we ended up adding somebody in, but you know, there's options that you can do like uh, dual classing. So you level up two classes mm-hmm. at the same time. It's, you know, instead of multi multi-classing. Yeah. So that was an option that I was going to give him. Um, then like a DM, let's say you're like on doing a pirate campaign. You can just give everybody a free mm-hmm. archetype of pirate and they can level that up hmm. um, alongside of their normal, however they built their character. So, huh. um, yeah, I mean, there's really cool stuff. And then there's one of the, one of the game designers, Quinn, he is, is developing a thing to do solo play. It calls it like Paragon mode or something like that. And, uh, okay. yeah, so I, he's doing this thing so that when you're in this game on your one V one, you have these Paragon feats, but when you're playing in your group, you just take that stuff off and you don't have to change your character at all. You can go join a group and be fine. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how that works out whenever it's done. But yeah, I mean, Pathfinder is awesome. And then just yeah. the, you know, how they've handled representation in their game and stuff like that has been really cool to see. Yeah. I've, I've heard in other talks and talking to other people who know more about Pathfinder than me, that a lot of what five E has done has been inspired by some of the things that, pathfinder has done had already done as far as implementing uh, more diversity within the game itself do you feel like that's true or no um i think that it's probably true because pathfinder first edition stuck around up until last year i want to say maybe the year before but i think it was last year mm-hmm. is when they officially came out with it um it might have been 2019 either way it's been around for a long time i mean that we're talking early 2000s when uh, right when they switched over to fourth edition, I think is when Pathfinder came out. And so they've just been building on that same thing, but they're the world that it's built in has always had all these different cultures. Gotcha. And um, they still use um, like racial traits and weaknesses and things like that. Um, which I think people are kind of saying like, this is now an outdated system. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that they did that was, definitely better and i think when fifth edition came out and there was still a lot of the same stuff um and still not a ton of representation i think people kind of had an outcry and that's where kind of falling the pieces that's i believe where tasha's cauldron came in where it's just like okay fine like you can do whatever you want you know <laughs> don't worry about this right. thing blah 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 we're changing the way that these things are portrayed um and so yeah i i could see that Honestly, I mean, they're the biggest competitor that D&D has. Obviously, D&D is still huge by sure. a margin, you know, the last I heard numbers-wise. But but I don't think that that's – I don't necessarily think that's a quality thing. I think it's a marketing thing more than anything else. Okay. So personally, I mean, the name is synonymous with TTRPGs. You have shows like 
critical role, which have created huge followings of people playing the game. And for sure, um, you know, they've got movies and, and video games and all this other stuff. So what's the, uh, the, the Netflix show that really kind of helped bring a surge to D and D too. Yeah, Str- um, yeah, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that helped a lot too then, and yeah, but it's just that whole. So, like I said, I think it's more of a marketing thing than it is a quality thing, personally. Gotcha. Um, but it's you know, and it, and it is different systems. Like if you're coming up on fifth edition, it is a little bit more difficult to transition over to pathfinder just because it's like like i said the action economy is different you kind of have to keep track of a few different things how you roll initiative like what modifier you're using is different um you have more skills you have more feats um so when you're looking at it all like holy shit if i get this character to level 20 i have to keep track of all this stuff like well most people don't start out that way right you start with your first level you build it and then you have okay these things and then you get your right a thousand experience points and then now you can focus on a couple other things and same as you do with the DD character of just kind of building it right. so i mean it's it's definitely a lot of fun as far as you guys is a stream that you guys are doing would, mm-hmm. that's like a talk show you said yeah 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 okay so what is that uh content like basically with that spawn how that whole thing got started was uh, we have a patreon now also and so um we were having a conversation on our discord channel that some of our patrons have access to. And so um, we were going back and forth about, you know, just some of the stuff that was going on character builds and whatnot. And somebody dropped, um, I forget which acronym it was um, or which initial it was, but somebody said something along the lines of, you know, yeah, Todd does decent DPS. And one of the people in the Patreon didn't know what DPS stood for. Okay. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm new to, I'm new to, you know, RPGs in general. And so we were like, whoa, like, you know, just never clicked that somebody could be this far into like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and then not know like, you know, those types of terms. And then we realized that, well, we know them because like, that's a RPG term that has come from all these other different areas right. that, you know, we just kind of, all mingle and throw together. And so we decided that we were going to have a, um, a conversation on that where we were previously doing DM explainings to kind of explain. <laughs> it started off as a joke because we did our first DM explaining, not as a stream, but just as a podcast record session where we explained to our rogue how to play his rogue because it was literally his first time playing D&D ever and he was still super confused on what the hell was going yeah. on. So we did like an hour of talk, just talk, trying to teach him how to play the character. Nice. And so we've done a couple sessions like that and so we were like, okay, we're going to do the same thing but just we're going to get like this long list of like all of these acronyms and initials that you know that are thrown around all the time in rpgs and we're just going to talk about you know what those mean how they operate where they came from stuff like that and so we decided we're going to do it in a stream and so we all got to you know we picked a night and started doing that and so we've done one we've done different uh rpg and D related topics so like the first one was over those acronyms and we did one over a spell casting in dnd i think the one we just did tonight was over the uh D martial classes mm-hmm. so like we covered like fighters rogues monks um, we didn't touch on rangers or paladins we did we also hit barbarians <laughs> <laughs> forgive forgive my aggravated side <laughs> our, um, our resident barbarian of the party got to have a little bit of a bragging right because uh we had a, a pvp tournament amongst the party oh yeah one. yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's funny so um but yeah no um so we we just try to do we try to inform 
our listeners and you know we, we're generally you know screwing around and dirt while we're having these same conversations also so like you know i won't say it's our same brand of humor that we have like on the podcast but we're you know we're, we're just trying to be ourselves and so you know we're a 50 50 cast of uh you know black guys and uh white guys and so like it's funny because like you know, our jokes get thrown in there and you'll see half of us laughing and the other half of us don't. And then like, you know, there'll be a random song reference mention and half of us catch it and the other half of us don't. And you're just like, all right, well, you know, we got you, you got us. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So, um, but no, that, that, that's how our streams go at this point. And then we'll probably do some more topics as things keep going. Yeah. Um, and you, so you guys did a PVP thing. It was that just a free for all. No, so we actually uh, we all one v one each other. Oh, okay. Um, we had the five of us in the in the the main party of five from the podcast, and we had one special guest to round out the the tournament to make it a six man tournament. Um, um, and then we all we all had a single one v one against each other, and it took a couple rounds to kind of get it all taken care of. But um, you know, best record at the end of it all wins, and so our barbarian went undefeated. <laughs> um. To be fair, I was the closest to beating him. Nobody else even got close to beating him. Yeah. I was the only one who got close to beating him, <laughs> but he's, I still lost. So I got to ask, I got did you not prepare uh, Levitate that day and just get off the ground? Uh, I do not have Levitate okay. in my spell book, sir. So, you know, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I did. I did hit him with a, I hit him with a solid hold person and unfortunately just, you know, the dice rolls were in his favor. He broke out of it before I could get the next spell off that I needed to get to get him you know get him where i needed yeah. him. and i i really got screwed on just you know because we 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 rolled uh we rolled dice for map positioning and i ended up literally starting right next to him, oh shit which is the worst place yeah, for absolutely. a mage to be while fighting yeah. a barbarian so like it's like he won initiative and we're looking each other in the face yeah well shit. <laughs> <laughs> so and he only needed to hit me like two or three times and it was a wrap. Oh, and so yeah. like the fact that I, the fact that it even lasted as long as it did was just a miracle on the fact that I was able to get a whole person off on him. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, um, and he's also our most veteran player. He was, like I said, he's the guy who introduced me really to how the game should be played. So, yeah. um, but no, it was, it was all a good time. We, we actually got him a trophy. So we had an unboxing today for his trophy during the stream. So, and then he gets, his bragging right is that uh during any time during the podcast now his character can holler out something about being the champ and we all have to acknowledge it <laughs> so yeah no it's 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 a fun little show man like we we have a good time with it um we try to be as chaotic as possible without destroying the dms uh without destroying turner's um destroying his world and the story he's trying to tell yeah. but uh i think we do a really good job of just sidestepping him and then coming back to the, to the main thing nice there's been i think two two episodes of the podcast at least at this point where he like accidentally dropped like not even a clue but like he was just like you know trying to set a story beat and then like we took like we all key in on like a certain phrase and then like took the story completely off rails and it would take like the rest of the entire episode for him to bring it back together so <laughs> nice so yeah i think i think we've done that to him at least twice at this point oh yeah i mean you know players will always find some way to to change what the expectations are so um, yeah. but I think that's what makes it fun to you, you know, especially if you got oh, a, yeah. a DM that can improvise and, you know, kind of work you guys back, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of PVP, the last thing I want to talk about was, um, you kind of 
hit everybody up on on uh, on Twitter trying to get uh, some group PvP going. How has that been working out? Yeah, man. So our our original PvP tourney, um, our Patreons loved it, and of course we, you know, being just people, especially given our group dynamic, are all uber competitive for no reason. So we're all wanting rematches and stuff, right? And then somebody threw out the idea of like, you know, what if uh, what if we got into a fight with like another party? Like, what if we went like five on five with like another podcast? And so like, we kind of started throwing that around. And then our Patreons, you know, we, we this is the same in our Discord channels. They they were like, oh, that sounds amazing. Like, what if you can get so and so? And what if you can get so? I just said, you know what, screw it. And so I just got on Twitter one day. I was like, hey, listen. We've got an idea. I want to, and I just basically, I went to every name that I could think of, whether it was people of color or not, as long as I know that you have a D&D podcast and I know that you're not an asshole, or at least I think you're not an asshole. Right. Yeah. I, I can't say that I've listened to everybody's podcast, but I do my best to try and check on who I can. Yeah. And so I, I was just, I would just went on like a, a tagging spree and tried to hit up as many people as I can. And I actually got some pretty good responses. So I'm hoping that we can get like a 10, uh, 10 or so podcast together. Uh, Turner's wanting to do a 2v2. I'm trying to convince them to do it. 3v3 but we're going to definitely do something with just with as many people as we can and we're looking to um try and find an impartial judge that can be our kind of our referee for the whole thing but yeah no we're going to try and get some dnd podcast on podcast doesn't even necessarily have to be podcast if you know anybody out there that's you know doing a dnd youtube channel or a dnd stream or just anybody you know tabletop rpg related who wouldn't mind getting in on the action man like you know bring it on let's 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 go i'll say if you if your podcast didn't have enough for you know a group fight you know maybe send up your best challenger and make them fight our champion right yeah let's 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 see what kind of chaos we can we can make happen yeah man i think that'll be that'll be fun um I'm not exactly sure date wise when this will come out, but uh, we're probably looking at it about a month or so. So um, okay. if it, if the, if this still hasn't happened by the time that this comes out, then you know everybody be ready. <laughs> yeah, no, we're still uh, we're still working out our our details on that, and then like I said, I I think I've got maybe three or four people, yourself included, that have kind of responded back to it positively, saying they they love the idea. So, um, and then we're gonna keep reaching out. I'll probably do another tag spree maybe this weekend or something to see who else I can get. Um, you know, Jasper, if you're listening, um, yeah, I want to try and get somebody from uh, the you know three black halflings to maybe come through and be our our referee to just, uh, you know really try and get this thing uh, get this thing done right. So yeah, we'll see what we can make happen. Heck yeah, man, that'd be awesome. For sure. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me, and it's been awesome getting to know you and and meeting you. So this is really cool. Likewise, sir. Yeah, thank you, and uh, yeah, I appreciate it. You too, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Until next time.